And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. over there you can't see us but we're trying to shake it out shake off the tension right we just re-listened to episode 11 of the ties that bind for you our dear listeners and and buckle up that's what i need to say to you buckle up for the bumpy ride we are about to go on I listened to it earlier today, and then I told Danielle to listen to it, and then she went on a walk with some headphones, came back, and she was like, oh, it's fine. No, I said it wasn't that bad. Right, yeah. As bad as you made it out to be. And Crispin just gave me this look, but it turns out I had listened to the wrong episode. <laughs> <laughs> then I listened to the one we're supposed to be talking about. It was proper horrified. Listen to it with our daughter. Oh, which we will get to. Yes. Yeah. Should we do a recap? First, I, I mean, do you think this needs a trigger warning? Yes. Yeah. I do. I don't know. Right. I, I mean, would just I, I would just say it's extremely upsetting. I kind of feel like this whole season needs a trigger warning, but I yeah, definitely this one. What did you say to me? You said this is like the worst conversation in the entire 14 series happens uh-huh. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like what we've been hinting at all along. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this one story arc that makes my brain want to explode. Exploding head emoji. Right. Makes me want to send you vomit-related gifts. You did. Uh-huh. Crispin has been trying to up his gift game for me because it's one of my love languages. Mm-hmm. He's terrible at it. So, Crispin, you want to do the recap? Yeah. So, basically, uh, the family, the Jimmy John family, the, uh, what, what do we call oh, them? Yeah, Mark Evan Jackson's uh-huh. back, y'all. Right, yeah, what do we call them? The Evan, Jimmy John's. The Evan Jackson Baxter crew, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the last The Normies. Name. Yeah. They have a conversation, uh, follow-up to the zombie show episode. They talk about TV and families. Um, and then Pole House... Uh, Who's the detective? Detective Pullhouse goes to Wit's End to try to catch the Vandal because he assumes that the Vandal will come. Uh, Which, uh, Buck is there. Buck has a black eye. He doesn't want to get in trouble. Um, So basically, Wit's End harbors a fugitive all day. Oh. So tell me now about breaking the law. Oh, my gosh. Um, Keep going. Then Wit has a conversation with Randall. Uh, who is Miss Adelaide's brother, who we've referred to pri- previously. He's in the hospital on hospice. Buckle up. Get ready for that one. Uh, then the kids get a C for their uh, essays on gender for mm-hmm. having conventional ideas. From Miss Adelaide. Right. And then uh, they discuss that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how can they prove that Miss Adelaide uh, gave them a C for their opinion? And then Wooten's house... Uh, Wooten talks with the the detective, um, and he's feeling suspicious. And then there's no perilous pen. Uh, and then Jimmy John has a conversation with Miss Adelaide where she talks about gender. 
Um, and then Camilla talks to Connie about Buck um, and how she wishes she didn't have a family, just like Buck doesn't have a family. And then Wooten goes and asks Eugene for help uh, to find the perilous pen that doesn't exist. Um, and Eugene is so happy to be useful again. Okay, that was a lot. Over 30 seconds, I would say. I told you to get a buzzer. <sighs> and I didn't. Yeah. Um, so what was good? Gosh, I can't, I can't think of anything. The one thing. What can you think of? Mark Evan Jackson's voice. Okay. In the irony. His voice is just dulcet tones, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe you just said that with a straight face. Also, I just, I don't know. This is for next episode, because remember I listened to two today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I wanted to say something about Buck, but I'll I'll leave that hanging for next, next week. I like uh, when uh, Wooten's cousin Hadley freaks out about there's no perilous pen because it turns out that it's a network of people that are supplying information. Uh, And he says, that's like saying there's no Loch Ness Monster. How can you say that? Which made me think of you. Oh, you guys. I grew up on Answers in Genesis, like the Christian homeschooling curriculum that's like 100% creationist. I went to creationist camps. And have I talked about this before? I think so. And I, I, I still kind of believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I did a whole report on how the Loch Ness Monster is a plesiosaurus. Which points to a young Earth. Oh, right? yeah. Totally mm-hmm. young Earth. Yeah, like there yeah. are parts of the world like where dinosaurs. Like in Brazil, there are still dinosaurs. And people have like audio tapes of it <laughs> that they'll play at a Ken Ham conference for you as an 11-year-old in Wyoming. But we drove to Montana for the conference. I hope that they compared that to the Jurassic Park sounds <laughs> they to didn't. see. No. But I mean, did it sound like Jurassic Park or was it truly totally no, different? Oh, it was scarier. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Loch Ness was the best part. Okay. I didn't even pay attention. I was listening to this with my daughter, so I was kind of stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't really – we listened to some of these with Ramona and some of them not. And so we, we've sort of like – I don't know. You picked out some Odyssey tapes that she listens to that we deem appropriate. But most of the ones we cover on our podcast, we don't let her listen to. And so we listened to this one with her. And maybe at the very end, I'll share some of her thoughts. But it kind of stressed me out. So maybe I wasn't paying attention. But some of it, I had to pay attention to because it was so horrible. Right, yeah. Our cat wants to be a part of the podcast. So should we jump right in? Yeah, what's the next segment we're supposed to do? Well, I mean, we just have more of these organic segments, like Danielle, DL overthinks things. Yeah. And wit splains, which was like a whole conversation. But we got to start with the uh, TV, talking about TV and family. Yeah, you're very into this. Go for it. Well, it's just pretty amazing that the father, who is Mark Evan Jackson, talks about um, how perhaps uh, the way TVs are portrayed on TV, I mean, the way families are portrayed (laughs) on TV, uh, is leading to the downfall of the American family or, you know, God's design for family, which is just hilarious because he, uh, you know, is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Captain Holt's husband. I know. Okay, so there's a lot going on in that conversation, right? Jimmy John was sort of like, 
the family was not like us. And they were like, yeah, like normal families on TV, if they're even on TV, are like portrayed horribly and like they're covering up some horrible things. And um, I, then, okay, here's what I wanted to talk to you about. So finally they bring up Olivia going to the room Wait, the Imagination Station and doing the whole... The Room of Consequence. The Room of Consequence about families. Remember how it's this big secret? We don't know what she experienced right. in there, but it totally rocked her world and changed her mind. And Like five episodes ago. Yeah, and so they're like, Olivia, you never explained to us what happened to you in the room. I'm like, here we go, here we go. We're actually going to figure out what she heard in the Room of Consequence. And then she said, Families are more important than people realize. You're just saying that because of your Room of Consequence trip. Yeah. Why won't you tell us what happened in there? Because I don't know how to put it into words, okay? All I know is what happens to the family affects everything. I can't put it into words. <laughs> I just I just think that families are more important than people realize. Like, what happens to the family affects everything. The family. But I was like, oh my gosh. Again, are these writers just chicken shit? What's going on? Why don't they say what she heard in the room? Like, explain to us why the family is so important. These little kids listening to this show want to know. And instead, it's like, I can't even put into words. All I know is that what happens to the family affects everything, you know? Right, yeah. What is going on here? It's just, I mean, they're just running out of content, basically. Was it because they can't explain why the family is important? Mm -hmm. This comes up later with wit and sociologists. I think that's it. Like, they kind of just keep repeating the same – they keep on using metaphors, but they don't actually, like, explain. Like, it's so shallow, this whole theology, right? It's just, like, God's plan for marriage, God's plan for marriage, God's plans for marriage. Uh, Or family, I mean. Uh, (laughs) But it's also weird because it's, like, this weird – the whole conversation is weird, right? In the – like, with the family in the sense that uh, they're, like – well, maybe it's because of TV that families are falling apart. And he's, and then one of the parents is like, well, maybe it's not because of families. Like, and then well, because one, of TV. Right, yeah. And then one at one point. So my friend's families are in trouble because they aren't following God? Uh, no, Camilla. We don't know why those families are having problems. And it's not for us to guess about. There are a lot of reasons people make the kinds of decisions they do, and those decisions impact their families for better or worse. It's hard, and it's painful. But I'm like, you did a whole freaking album on why you think families are having problems yeah and what happens in the families affects everything crispin like all of civilization actually Mm -hmm. i mean that's what they're saying right yeah but then they're also saying like maybe it's because of media but maybe not and like it just is really like i feel like they're trying to say something i don't know maybe they're trying to be balanced but it's not no no Okay, so then the next big thing that happens is Mr. Whitaker is still in the hospital, right? Because he collapsed. And so he decides to visit Randall, Miss Adelaide's brother. Right? So we've heard a little bit about Randall before. Miss Adelaide said, like, because of you, my brother's dying. That's what she said at, like, the city council meeting or whatever. And then her brother was, like, going to get up and say something at one of the YouTube rallies they had in Miss Adelaide. And so, yeah, so I guess they're at the same hospital. I guess Odyssey only has one hospital. 
so this guy Randall, his name was Bobby. Randall's his middle name. And Miss Adelaide, I guess Adelaide is her last name. I was assuming it was her first name this whole time, but it's her last name because patriarchy. Rhonda Adelaide. Rhonda Adelaide. Um. So, yeah. And so basically Randall's like, of course I remember you. You were my third grade Sunday school teacher. And Mr. Whitaker's like, Bobby? You know, like, mm-hmm. so they remember each other. Wait, he's not like, you're my third grade Sunday school teacher. He's like, you were my third grade Sunday school I know. Teacher. I feel like we can't make fun of it. No, I'm just saying, like, it's just like, it's so, anyway. Sick I'm, guy voice. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm not making fun of it. Right. I'm just like, they are like painting this scene. This is a, this is a pleasant surprise. Every now and then I, I've thought about stopping by your ice cream place, but... Uh, well, I, uh, I wish you had. It's scary. Yeah, right. Somebody on in hospice. There's, like, beeping hospital noises, which kind of triggered me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, very sick person. He's... An, what did he say? I guess we're going to get to that. But one thing I, I do want to say, he said, like, he changed his name from Bobby to Randall because, like, he went through a lot of changes. I went through a lot of changes and... Decided my name ought to change, too. New life, uh, new identity. Ah. Why Randall? <laughs> right. I'm starting my new life as a gay man, and I'm going to be Randall <laughs> instead of Bobby. Right. <laughs> it don't make no sense, Crispin. No. Yeah. But anyways, we know he's gay and dying of AIDS, mm-hmm. but would kids know that? No. Just for the choices he's made. Yeah. So then what happens? He tells Mr. Well, Mr. Whitaker says like, like what? So what's wrong with you? Something basically like that. And he says, I was too boring to explain. My body is riddled with things determined to kill me. Mm. It's too boring to explain. Which again, these, these, I'm just like really picking up on these things from the writers, right? Like Uh it's too hard to put into words how important the family Mm -hmm. is. Um, It's too boring to explain exactly what's wrong with me, but my body is riddled with things that want to kill me, Mm -hmm. which I I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Right. Right. And then Randall, like, so, so from, from beat one, Randall is sort of like. On Mr. Whitaker's team, which is so weird to me. So Randall says, like, so my sister's giving you a hard time. My sister's giving you a a run for your money, I hear. Huh? Like, so he knows about all this. What? Right. It's not even drama. How is it drama compared to Randall dying right. yeah. in a hospital right. alone? Yeah. It's just really weird. Right. And, you know, and he's like. I bet you said I was dying and it's, it's all your fault. Uh, well, something like that. And Miss Whitaker's like, yeah, that's basically it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Randall says, she was always the drama queen, right? Again, these men talking about Miss Adelaide behind the <sighs> curtain about how emotional she is. So I just need to take a moment and yeah. stop here. Why? Why do you think this scene with Randall is so upsetting? Do we need to keep talking about it, or can we stop in the middle and talk about why it's so? deeply wrong so maybe rounding that out a little bit so he says she always was a drama queen Mm -hmm. right and and basically says she's wrong for what she's doing 
Yeah, just like she gets on her soapbox a lot, and like, I hope you don't feel guilty. And then. My sister's made me the poster child for her various campaigns. She likes to use me as her guilt card. It's basically saying, like, my sister's used me for all these campaigns she's into. Mm hmm. And then he follows that up by saying, Look, Mr. Whitaker, I own my choices. I know I've made some bad ones. I'm here because of them. It's no one's fault but mine. It's good that you take responsibility for yourself. So... So basically what they've, the writers have done is take a gay man who is dying and made him the poster child for conservative ideology. Yes. So, so I think that's what's so morally reprehensible about this scene is not only are they validating all of this culture war stuff from the 90s which is that AIDS is a punishment from God for gay men in particular and you know they die alone in the hospital because of their own choices Uh, but then also yeah they just are inserting into this gay dying man's mouth like these words that are elevating Mr. Whitaker, like I never stopped teaching Sunday school. I'm glad you were good. I've had days when I, when I wish I'd listened to you, but my thinking went another direction. Mm. Uh, what can I do for you, Randall? Totally divorcing his sister from any real relational ties to him, and just saying she's obsessed with these campaigns, which mm. it makes much more sense to say. She's totally upset because her brother is dying of AIDS and is stigmatized and has been oppressed, right? Right, So it's just so upsetting. I mean, it seriously did make me want to, like, throw up. Like, that was the feeling in my body. I was like, this is... Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm being too strong here. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all. (sighs) Because, first of all, this is just 100% make-believe world Mm -hmm. and it's make-believe world that is devastating to people in multiple ways Mm -hmm. right yeah he just keeps he says like i wish that i'd listened to you mr whitaker does mr whitaker seem sad that randall's dying no no and you know what mr whitaker says he says i'm glad you take responsibility he does say and you don't have to be alone i We'll come and play Scrabble with you. Right. In the last few days before you die of your own sins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. Right, yeah. And it's and... really good you take responsibility for your own. And, oh, I'll never stop being your Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. It's so awful. Because mm-hmm. the whole point of this scene is to make Mr. Whitaker look good. Not to mourn with Randall. Mm-hmm. In any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Right. But to scare kids mm-hmm. into being straight, literally. Mm-hmm. And then to elevate Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. And also, I mean, with that same, like, in that same part, uh, he's like, what about your friends? And he's like, oh, they all left me because maybe I remind them of their own choices. So. You know, I don't, I don't get a lot of visitors. My sister comes every couple of days. She's busy, I know. But, uh friends i suspect i remind them of what might happen if they don't think twice about their lives so they stay away i'd be happy to spend some time with you basically saying like all gay people are horrible and don't visit their friends 
who are dying because they're afraid that's just going to remind them of how their choices lead them to death. Right. It's just the Christian patriarch there playing Scrabble, saving the day. Only Mr. Whitaker comes and visits. Yeah. Which is so blatantly false. There's actually a documentary coming out that I really want to watch. I think it's called like Ward 3B or something. It's about the first hospital ward in San Francisco Hmm. where they had um, all AIDS patients because so many doctors and nurses and stuff refused to care for patients. And so this one doctor and this one nurse just said, you know what? They deserve to be treated with dignity and care. And so they created this whole ward for them. And um, they're really obsessed with actually like touching them, like using their hands and not putting gloves on. And Mm. um, because these mostly men, you know, had experienced such stigmatization. Mm. Nobody would even touch them. Like people wouldn't even give them meals Mm. like in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And that is largely in part due to the church's influence on society. Mm -hmm. Oh. We yeah. need to mourn. Right. Mr. I Whitaker mean, is not mourning. There's no place for mourning. Right. It's It scares kids, I think. Mm-hmm. And it elevates Mr. Whitaker. And that's actually what happened to our daughter just listening to it with me. Mm-hmm. She said, Mom, am I going to get what Randall had? Mm-hmm. How can I make sure I don't get that? Because, mm-hmm. again, they don't say AIDS. And right. they don't ever say he's gay. Right. Just that he's dying, you know, mm-hmm. one stop before the funeral home because of mm-hmm. his choices. So who knows? Maybe he is dying of drugs. <laughs> You know, has AIDS because of drugs? That happens too, I guess. Well, I don't yeah. think so in the context of this. Right. Um, and then she also said, like, I like Mr. Whitaker. Because it sort of ends with him being like, I'll play Scrabble with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, like, uplifting music. And everyone's like, Mr. Whitaker is so nice. Like, well, damn it. This works on kids, you mm-hmm. know? It's a good, good opportunity to talk about how people can be really nice and also... Hold really harmful beliefs. And we did talk to her about that. Mm-hmm. We had a great converse, conversation with her afterwards, but like it was really interesting to hear her perspective. And she was scared. You know, mm-hmm. how can I make sure I don't get sick like that? Mm-hmm. If you can get sick like that and die because of your choices, like what a scary thing to mm-hmm. think as a child. And what if you were a gay child listening to this show? Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Trapped. Or just, I mean, confused would be the most positive feeling you could have, right? Right, Because they never talk about sexuality. And they talk Mm -hmm. about gender a bit more, Mm -hmm. especially in the next episode, right? A little bit in this one, too. Yeah, yeah, right. There is that last, the conversation. But yeah, it just... We should all be outraged. Yeah. I mean, it really just makes me want to cry because, yeah, it just is this, it's... Very smug, right? Like, I mean, just him saying, like, I wish I would have listened to you. First of all, like, did Mr. Whitaker cover sexuality in his in third, third grade? grade? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. And what a horrible picture of what the traditionalist view sort of ends up as. Mm-hmm. Where you can't actually engage those who are suffering. You can't actually engage with people who are dying and have died because of this theology. And I'm not just thinking about AIDS because um, I'm thinking about, you know, suicides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And gay Christian youth. Right. Yeah. I think definitely the hardest, the most upsetting part for me was when he says, you know, my sister is a drama queen. 
Because just like, yeah, in that, it's just saying like anyone who is upset about this. Anybody who wants equal rights. Right, is just being emotional. And is using like real gay people as pawns. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Although that's some rhetoric that we've heard. Right. Definitely. But that's why, I mean, not a single gay person is in these episodes talking about, first of all, even talking about gender fluidity fluidity or anything like Mm -hmm. that, right? Um, and there's no gay people fighting for their own rights. I mean, it's so fascinating. It's just this drama queen, female, liberal school teacher with her own agenda. But I'm like, her agenda seems born out of relationship with the suffering to me. Mm-hmm. And then her brother like negates all that. Right, so yeah. anyways, and then Miss Allie comes back in this episode mm-hmm. and she gives the two normie kids low grades on the reports about gender. Right. For being like too conventional and not creative enough. Being and, traditionalists. Right. Yeah. Which does bring up this interesting – because she, she tells the boy, Jimmy John, that, you know, you're so good with computers and you're so smart. I thought you'd be very innovative mm-hmm. when it comes to gender. And instead you're just parroting this old, old stuff, which is a really interesting way of looking at it. Because that is like the inherent tension in both politics and religion is you have people – we have this pull towards tradition Mm -hmm. or conserving tradition, preserving tradition. And then you have people who are more into innovation and progressing forward and – I wish conservatives were called preservatives. But anyway. (laughs) Let's call it that. We're we're the preservatives. But, you know, you need both. Mm Mm-hmm. You do need a balance of both, for sure, right? And they shouldn't be pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm like, I see focus on the family being the one who's pitting it against each other, right? Mm -hmm. Miss Adelaide saying, like, you're so innovative with computers. Mm -hmm. I thought you'd be innovative with gender, you know? And then there's this really weird analogy between hardware and software. In a computer, there is the hardware that drives the computer and the software that works with the hardware. Gender isn't in the hardware. It's in the software and can be changed and adjusted. For years, we've been dealing with ancient software. That's what you're dealing with when you wrote your essay. Now we have new software that that gives us choices, Matthew. Uh, okay. Great. Is there anything else? Yeah. I didn't get it. Ramona right. didn't get it. <laughs> Nobody's going to get it. Well, basic, well, it made sense to me. Oh, Christopher gets it. I get it, I guess. Just that, I mean, the question is like, is is gender hardwired into who you are? Or is it something that you've been taught by culture? So she says Okay, I guess I don't even know what hardware and software is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't understand computers. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, and so we can change it. And she's kind of saying, like, we are in this great period where our culture is finally saying, like, you know, we have these new rules and we have more choices and more options. Mm-hmm. And it's really great and it's really innovative. And mm-hmm. I hope you get on board with this, especially because your next assignment's on marriage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, it does bring up, I mean, this is just a question that I've been wrestling through is like, what is, I mean, I kind of know like some different definitions of gender, but yeah. How do we make sense of gender and sex, like sexuality? 
I don't know. What do you think? I'm not going to answer that question right now. That is way too big. I don't think that if you mess with gender, the whole civilization goes to hell. Mm-hmm. I don't at all. And I think rigid gender norms tend to almost always favor the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen a lot of toxicity coming from rigid gender norms. I don't see it being a gospel issue. I don't see it being a part of spreading the kingdom of God. Something I do not want to put a lot of pressure on my own children about. Um, yeah. I just, I, I don't see it as a huge issue. And maybe that's because I am gender conforming and, mm. you know, for the most part or whatever. But it, it's not a threat to me. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. also, like, there is a variety in right. the world. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's showing God's innovation. Again, mm. we brought up a few episodes ago, you know, like right. the reality of intersex people. Like mm-hmm. there's <sighs> yeah, there's lots out there. Right. Also, going back to even talking about Olivia saying at the beginning, like what happens to the family affects everything. Like family is the most important thing. It's just like, again, what about single people? Mm-hmm. This, this view leaves out so many people mm-hmm. yeah definitely right and it just doesn't fit what we know of when like in the new testament particularly talking about family right this is yeah. nothing like what jesus or paul were talking about when they were talking about family i mean in terms of like the family of god right using terms like brother and sister yeah. and Anyway, we to, me, they, to me, they can't even make the argument for why it's so important. They never, ever do. Right. Yeah. Like, women need to be feminine because that is how they are psychologically, you know, designed to be. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what would be a good argument. Right. Yeah, I don't know either. Right. I think um, we just keep seeing, like, the after effects, you know, of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. In our culture. It's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep harping on about gender. Right. Keep telling and, boys they have to be ultraviolet men. Right. It's and I great. think especially in the church, like the impacts of femininity, right? Like I don't think that this is as present as in our current generation, but I know that in our parents' generation, like there was this like this is what it means to be a Christian wife. And it was super damaging and also, I think, allowed a lot of abuse. You know, just like you're supposed to be submissive, you're supposed to be this and that, and you know? Yeah. So. Horrible. Right. Ready for some discussion questions? Okay, hit me. Hit me. Um, uh, Olivia says, all I know is that what happens to the family affects everything. Can you give some examples of what she might be talking about? No. And in fact, I don't think you can, writers right. of this like, episode. basically making the like... like, please tell us. Right. Why are we focusing on the family? Children, right. tell us why. Right. We've forgotten. We don't... We're trapped. Right. <laughs> okay. This was a part that you missed earlier, but I didn't interrupt you because I knew I was coming to the discussion questions. Okay. Connie thought that events like the vandalism of Wit's End and the terrible fire at Wooten's house might be a spiritual attack. What does she mean? What is the best way to respond to a spiritual attack? 
to read a Frank Peretti book and make sure nobody in your family is doing yoga. Mm, good call. What would you say? I don't know. I mean, this opens up a huge question about, like, what do I think about spirits? I focus on the feeling people charismatic or only when it's, like, politically... So true. I right. mean, you know. Yeah. No, right. But, yeah, I mean, that just stood out to me when <gasps> Connie was like, "This we're under spiritual They're attack. only... They, yeah, they only talk about, like, the spirit and, like, spiritual attack when, like, Mr. Whitaker's character is being defamed. Mm. Which, which is a total image management strategy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Whoa. Right. I didn't even Whoa. put that together, but that is, like, such a common one. And actually, charis- I mean, charismatic movements are 100%... About manipulating power. Uh-huh. Right. I shouldn't say 100%. That's a bit much. Well, I took manipulating power in a generous sense. Thank you. Right? In the sense of, like, yeah, they, like, it is about power, and it's about manipulating power in the sense of, like, using it. Often it's used in not great ways. But, yeah, I think You know that's... what the devil's doing right now? Oppressing the poor. Mm-hmm. The devil... Is in Mississippi right now. Danielle. What? Didn't you read that uh, John Piper article? The devil is tempting us to be empathetic. I mean, the devil is at the border. The devil is in Mississippi rounding up. I think that's a song. People, you know, who don't have access to. You're trying to make a joke. And this is really serious. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. I mean, sake. this is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Like, there is evil. At work in our world. And and we're very tied to it. You know, we buy chicken for $5 a pound. Like, we buy clothes that are made with slave labor. Like, we are all tied to evil in ways that we try so hard to numb ourselves from. Like, that's spiritual darkness at work. Sorry, I didn't didn't want you to make your joke. I was getting really serious. You told me to be funnier. (laughs) And then you... (laughs) <laughs> Tell me I'm doing it at all the I wrong time. I mean, times. there's kids going home to empty homes, right? The first right. day of school in Mississippi. Yeah. Because their parents got picked up in an ice raid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't think whether or not someone conforms to their gender assigned at birth is um, a spiritual battle. Yeah. Um, can you write a book called, like, This Spiritual Darkness? Wait, what? This Present Darkness too? But then just, like, all the, like, horrible injustice in the world. Oh, gosh. I am going to make that podcast someday. Yeah. it's <laughs> a great idea. Uh, okay. Are you ready for the last? And, oh, actually, I don't know if that's a... Okay, here's another discussion question. Why did Wit visit Rhonda Adelaide's dying brother? How might her... Okay, this is my thing. It's like, how would a kid know how to answer this question how might her brother's illness explain Rhonda adelaide's anger towards wit what illness right what can we learn from wit about how to treat those who disagree with us you know what i'm gonna just ignore this question and instead i'm gonna say everyone should go watch this documentary called the eyes of tammy faye you know who Tammy Faye is, Christopher? I do. I made I you. That. I made you watch this. How long have we been married? A while ago. But I, I made you watch it two times. In like 2008, yeah. But two times because I'm too much. We, <laughs> you were, too. 
we watched it alone, and then you made a bunch of people come over and watch so it with us. So many people. Right. But part of it is, you know, Tammy Faye Baker was, like, on TBN, married to Jim Baker, all this, you know, Krasazi, like, powerful Christian Illuminati mm-hmm. stuff happened. But she also became, like, a drag queen icon because she wore so much makeup. Like, so like TBN hosts, women hosts. <laughs> And become drag queen icons because of their hair and makeup situation. And then she ended up, like, befriending some of them. And it totally changed her her life and her perspective. And it's actually, like, a really beautiful story. And she died of cancer a while ago. And anyways, yeah. her husband's horrible and sells co- – her ex-husband's horrible and sells coins about, like, Trump being the new Cyrus and all that stuff. So that's cool. Um, so go watch that instead of answering these stupid adventures and Odyssey questions. Can, can I say one thing yeah. that I found in my research? Mm-hmm. So Adventures and Odyssey has like a fan base for sure, right? Obviously our vice president and his family loves Odyssey. Um, I tried to find like things on the ties that bind, specifically this episode because it's so egregious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just not a lot out there. And in fact, like if you look up the name of the the character Randall, like on the Adventures in Odyssey wiki, because there's a wiki, it just says like he dies, and Mister Whitaker says he was a terrible Scrabble player. Like that's it. It doesn't say anything about, you know, mm-hmm. he's gay, died of AIDS, or wh- whatever. But I did find this show, like a YouTube show podcast I, I don't know but it's the adventures in odyssey oddcast and so i listened i watched listened to a few of the episodes and it was really fascinating because it's just like this brother and sister in their know. late teens early no i 20s? think they're older than that okay um they've been going We're for very <laughs> they've been going for a very long time and they talk through like each episode of every adventures in odyssey and it seemed like they were kind of displeased a little bit with these episodes and they're canadian and so they're sort of like yeah, we are pro-marriage rights for LGBTQ people, and so this is really weird, and this is very political. And then I found um, the brother of the brother-sister duo like has a Tumblr, which I'm not very familiar with Tumblr, but he's Dr. Blackguard. Okay. Uh-huh. That, that must yeah. be an Odyssey uh-huh. character on Tumblr. Yeah. And I, and I found this one post talking about the ties that bind, and this person was like, I listened to this series and it was so depressing, like, as a gay person. And then this other person's like, oh, my gosh, that's so depressing to hear. Like, I'm gay and I grew up, like, loving Adventures in Odyssey. It's, like, no surprise that they'd be terrible. But And then this Dr. Blacker person who now identifies as being gay, by the way. Uh, I don't think they did when they were making YouTube videos about this uh-huh. episode yeah. was just sort of like, yeah, like this was a really upsetting series and like they didn't really say anything about Randall, but what they did say was fascinating. So I wanted to, sh- I just kind of wanted to find it, but what I think what they said was that basically there's nowhere in these 14 episodes for like a queer kid to find themselves or even have any of their basic questions asked right and so Mm. just this person saying like you know even for kids who aren't gay like how are they supposed to treat their neighbors who are gay like are they supposed to befriend gay kids you know like what should they do and then you know for lgbtq kids it says like is there you know they always have these questions like is there something wrong with them is it a sin that i feel this way how do i proceed like who can i tell how do i fix this 
And I don't know. It just made me so sad because I don't think Adventures in Odyssey has ever really addressed the topic of the reality that there are kids who are gay. And so just hearing from this person who now identifies as gay, who loves Adventures in Odyssey to the point where they've done this YouTube channel about it for years and years and years, just to say, like, this is really sad. And then somebody else commented something like, that does sound really hard. And then Dr. Blackheart got back on. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't suggest you listen to it. In fact, like, I just feel ill whenever I think about it Mm. and just feeling really sad. This person Mm -hmm. still making weekly videos mm. about adventures in Odyssey, you know, uh-huh. which is really fascinating. Right, yeah. And even Ramona, we were trying to talk to her about, like, people are complex, and, you know, this is actually what the episode's about. She seemed really, kind of bummed, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <sighs> right. I felt sad. And we, it's okay to feel sad. I had a passing thought. Oh, yeah, it just, I think that is such a good point that it really just, like, flies over the head of, like, recognizing that there are queer kids that are listening to Adventures in Odyssey, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it makes me think about, like, Padre Gotuma um, talking about being in evangelical circles so long. He's like, I, you just get really used to, like, having these conversations as though you're not in the room. Yeah. And that is like the definition of this. Or like, they insert season. their own words into a mythological mm-hmm. gay character. Right. Who yeah. just reinforces mm-hmm. the dominant culture, theology, and message. Right, yeah. Okay. Which. We gotta burn was, it all down. I was gonna say, people, those people exist in the world for sure. That's true. Right? But it's, that's one perspective. And I wouldn't say it's like a primary perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Burn it all down. <sighs> well, you can only get better from here. No, I cannot. It shall get worse. Are you is everybody gonna journey with us for the next three episodes? <laughs> They're done. Maybe next episode we'll do like a call for questions. Mm, what do you think? Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or we could do a call for questions now. What? And then Address them next episode. Send us your questions. We've still been getting a lot of lovely emails. Mm-hmm. We appreciate them. Yeah. Sorry that I take forever to get back to people, but I do get back. And I just, you forward me some of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I make you read the others. Not make you, but I mean, I let you get on the email. Yeah, we just appreciate everybody just sharing their their stories, which a lot are very vulnerable. And we... I don't know. We hold them close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think we're just becoming full-on drama queens over here, don't you think, Crispin? Mm-hmm. I do. I hope so. I, yeah, we should definitely get some buttons that say drama queens. Mm-hmm. Would um, you wear it? Totally. Oh, yeah, you would. Right, yeah. I'll make a t-shirt. I'm really good at making t-shirts. Right, yeah. something I love to do. We were watching the <laughs> end of Dairy Girls last night, and the one boy is like, I'm a dairy girl. And you're like, that's totally like you. <laughs> so true. I should make you sure this is your dairy girl. Such a roundabout way of saying, yes, I would wear a button that said drama queen. Drama queen's for the Lord. Ooh. Right? But that's yeah. kind of what Mr. Whitaker is. 
No, he's a drama queen for the patriarchy, <laughs> which would also be an amazing he faints. button. He I feel like there's a lot. Maybe it wasn't the next episode, though, because, again, I'm getting a mix-up because I listened to both tonight. We'll get there. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, even though I say anyways an awful lot. It's a good transition. <laughs> What's something that you say too much? I'm just quiet too much, and I... Your problem mm, is giggling at me. Mumble giggle, yeah. And trying to make jokes when Muggle. I'm making intense points uh-huh. about ice raids. And then get too serious when you're trying to... Right. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. Keep the gifts coming, keep the emails coming, and and so say questions you have. Yes, questions to prophetic imagination station at gmail dot com or pis on Twitter. Yeah. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes, and stay tuned for weekly discussions.